We all know that diuretics help treat patients with metabolic syndrome and hypertension, but is it possible that they actually do a better job than most alternative, higher-priced blood pressure medications? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. Joining me today is Dr. Barry Davis. Dr. Davis is the James W. Rockwell Professor in Public Health. He is also a professor in the Division of Biostatistics, director of the Coordinating Center for Clinical Trials at the University of Texas School of Public Health, and he is also the director of clinical research design at the Texas Heart Institute. Dr. Davis, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dr. Caskell. Well, I'd like to first congratulate you on the all-hat trial. It was a pretty impressive trial. I mean... Uh it's very rare that you have a trial with about 40,000 patients in it. Well, all that was many years in coming. It was designed to answer a very important question in hypertension. Basically, there are a lot of blood pressure drugs on the market. What might be the best blood pressure drug, not only in lowering your blood pressure, but in the important outcomes in preventing the serious complications of hypertension, such as heart attacks, heart failure, and strokes? Is it an acronym? All hat? Yes, it is. It stands, it's a, it's a long acronym. It stands for the Antihypertensive and Lipid Lowering Treatment to Prevent Heart Attack Trial. And it basically was two trials in one. There was a, an antihypertensive or blood pressure lowering component, and although it was also a, a lipid or cholesterol lowering component. And so was that a separate part of the trial? Yes, it was a separate part of the trial, and that was reported on elsewhere. Most of the research that we've done subsequently has really dealt with the antihypertensive portion of the trial. When did the trial end? The main trial ended in 2002. There was a portion of the trial which ended in 2000. We're in 2008. Why are the results coming out now? Did it take that long to tweak the data? Yes and no. I mean, the results have not just been coming out now. There have been many results that have come out since 2002. In mm -hmm. fact, the main results of the trial did come out in December of 2002 for both the antihypertensive or the, the blood pressure portion of the trial and the lipid-lowering portion of the, or cholesterol-lowering portion of the trial. But there have been a steady stream of further analyses to address questions that arose since the main results came out and to further explore the data. All right, so let's talk about the article that's going to be in the Archives of Internal Medicine, and the, the title is Clinical Outcomes by Race in Hypertensive Patients with and Without the Metabolic Syndrome. What was looked at and, and what was learned? Well, what was looked at was to look at a particular group of people who have something called the metabolic syndrome. And the metabolic syndrome is people that have a series of risk factors. And these include hypertension, a low good cholesterol value. They can be heavy, so their weight or their, actually their body mass index is high. And they also have things like elevated glucose or diabetes. And since all the people in our all-high trial had blood pressure, there was a subset of them which would have had the metabolic syndrome. Probably a large subset. Actually, it was about half. Wow, yeah. All right, so you had 20,000 people to look at. Right. And one of the main questions of the original all-high study was, were there, at the time that this began, which was 1993, were the, the newer agents, which had come onto the market in the previous, i say, five to ten years, which included a calcium channel blocker, an ACE inhibitor, and an alpha blocker, and these are all medications, obviously, that lower blood pressure, and they do it by different mechanisms. Were they better than a standard, such as a diuretic, which also lowers blood pressure? And a lot of people felt that they would be better at reducing these heart outcomes, which I mentioned at the beginning, heart attack, heart failure, and stroke, because these other medications had other kinds of effects. Mm -hmm. Specifically, the alpha blocker was pretty good at either lowering or maintaining your cholesterol and glucose levels, 
compared to the diuretic. And the ACE inhibitor was very good at lowering your or maintaining your glucose levels compared to the diuretic. So they had better or better or less off-target effects. Correct. And they were told to us many times for many years how wonderful they were. Exactly. And what had happened during the course of the study back in 2000, we had stopped the alpha blocker arm of the trial because we found out even though it does do a better job at cholesterol and glucose than the diuretic, it does a much worse job in preventing cardiovascular disease, specifically heart failure. There was much more heart failure in the group that was on the alpha blocker than that was on the diuretic. And that was doxazosin. Can we generalize that to the entire class of alpha blockers? Well, we felt that we could because all the alpha blockers are pretty similar. And there had actually been no studies before that to prove that alpha blockers compared to, let's say, a placebo was good at preventing complications of hypertension. And this was a study where you had to do a what's called an active control. You had to, since it was known that treating hypertension was good, you would have to compare the alpha blocker to a, to a standard, which was the diuretic. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill. My guest today is Dr. Barry Davis, who served as a principal investigator in the All-Hat trial. Dr. Davis, let's cut to the chase. And I want you to say it loud and clear for all the primary care physicians out there. What did we learn from this trial? Well, we, we learned from All-Hat was that the diuretics are very good at treating blood pressure. They're very good as the initial treatment for blood pressure, and they should be very good at being a component of a, a multi-drug regimen for treating blood pressure. Most yeah. people who have high blood pressure need more than one medication. So diuretics are a good choice initially for pretty much anyone. Correct. And if we're going to use a fancier drug, it would be nice to have the diuretic on board already. That was also correct. And the reason for that is that this is a very large trial. There were clear differences where the diuretic had a favorable outcome on one or more forms of cardiovascular disease, specifically heart failure or stroke. Who paid for the study? Because it seems that the big guys would be very upset with this study. Most of the study was paid for by the federal government, by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute. But there were contributions from some of those people you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Some of the people who created these and marketed these drugs, like the ACE inhibitor and the alpha blocker, they were actually very interested in, and I think they should deserve credit for this, to find out in a clinical trial, prove whether their drugs would be better than a standard in preventing these forms of cardiovascular disease. It just didn't turn out like probably what they would have hoped to. And what kind of spin have they put on it since the trial results have come out? They say, well, you know, the study wasn't powered highly enough. I mean, they can't, they can't say that. No, there, there have been a, a lot of criticisms of all that. And in fact, we had a special article that appeared, I think, in 2005. You said that many articles came out, which answered these criticisms one by one. The major criticisms of all that have been that it was what was deemed at the time a large simple trial. So the outcomes that we studied, specifically something like heart failure, was not rigorously examined by a team of experts. But what we did was we subsequently did do that because of the criticism. And it turns out that no matter how heart failure is defined, whether it's defined rigorously or as it was in the, in the trial, not as rigorously, although it was a pretty good definition, there were clear treatment differences. And the treatment differences were almost exactly the same no matter how heart failure was defined. So the diuretics were superior in preventing heart failure. Now you are a, a statistician, and I'm wondering if you calculated any numbers needed to treat with any of these agents. 
We really didn't go into that. We really looked at it from the aspect of how is the risk reduced. And clearly with an agent of the diuretic compared to an alpha blocker, there was a 50% reduction in the risk versus one of the other groups where there might have been more like a 25% reduction in risk. Are you talking relative or absolute? Relative. I'm a big fan of absolutes. What were the absolute numbers? The risks for the heart failure were on the order over, over five years versus, in let's say, a diuretic versus a an ACE inhibitor and alpha blocker group. They were on the order of anywhere from, I don't know if the number's on the tip, but somewhere around 5%. But heart failure is a, you've got to consider, and these numbers may seem kind of low, but you've got to consider the number of people in the United States, let alone the world, that have hypertension and the number of people that have heart failure and the sheer cost to the health system in terms of dollars and morbidity and mortality of having heart failure. What about the lipid arm of the study? What conclusions were you able to draw from that? Well, that was one of many studies in lipid lowering, and what was unique in all had was that it was going to address people with hypertension, which none of the other previous lipid lowering studies had done. As it turns out, we were sort of restricted in the way the study was designed and conducted. So instead of it being a double-blind study, which would be the best kind of study, it was an open-label study. So people knew what they were on. They were either on a lipid-lowering agent or they were on nothing. So there was no placebo control. And it was felt to be okay because our outcome was going to be death, total mortality. But it turns out there was a lot of crossover. In other words, people who were assigned to be on nothing ended up being on a lipid-lowering agent. So the results of the study didn't show any mortality difference and only a slight trend in preventing coronary heart disease. But when we looked at this study in the context of all the previous lipid-lowering studies, it sort of fit right on the line as to where we might expect it to be given the way cholesterol was reduced. So somewhere between a you know, 26 to 35% relative risk reduction. Well, no, we didn't see that but because of the way there was crossover and that mm-hmm. people had this. So there wasn't that much cholesterol or LDL cholesterol, the bad cholesterol difference in these trials we would have expected. So there really wasn't much of a difference at all in terms of total mortality. And I said there was about a 10% reduction in coronary heart disease, although it was not statistically significant. And it was felt in hindsight, hindsight's always everything, but that because of the nature of the design, that it was not a double-blind study, whereas the hypertension portion was a double-blind study, that this happened. What answers were you not able to get from this study that you would have liked to have seen? Oh, in hindsight, there are a lot of things that we would have liked to see of people who came in and some measure of their kidney function before they came in to know whether people were kind of kidney disease they have had, we probably would have, in hindsight, just because of the way the criticism appeared, have a, an upfront diagnosis classification team for the heart failure. Were you surprised at the outcome? And what would you say to the average physician out there who is treating high blood pressure on a, on a daily basis after doing this trial? That a lot of people were surprised. We were surprised, too. I mean, the design of the trial was such that the newer agents were felt to be superior. So they were compared to the standard. And as it turns out that the standard, in a lot of ways, was was better. And given all the evidence from this trial, which was taken into account by a joint national committee, which sets standard guidelines for hypertension treatment, they determined, in their words, that diuretics should be considered as a first-line treatment for hypertension and that it should be part of a multi-drug regimen for hypertension because it will be useful in preventing these one or more forms of cardiovascular disease. And... My last question is, I personally do not use a lot of chlorothaladone. I do use a lot of hydrochlorothiazide. 
Can I assume that they are equivalent? That has been a lot of controversy about that, too. In fact, in that article that I said we try to answer the critics, what was one of the questions? I'll be happy to switch everybody to chlorothaladone if you tell me I should. We think it would be. I guess the biggest problem that has come about in hindsight, and I was not the one of the original designers of this trial, is that it's only available, I guess, in 15-milligram form, and the design in the trial to start at 12 and a half. A lot of people feel that there might be something special about clothalidone, but most people feel that because it's longer-acting. But most people feel that the, the thiazide-type diuretics are pretty equivalent, and there's been a lot of studies to look at the equivalence of these. Well, on that note, I would like to thank our guest, Dr. Barry Davis, for joining us today. Thank you. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, and if you'd like to comment or listen to any of our podcasts, please visit us at ReachMD.com. If you register there with the promo code RADIO, we'll give you six months free of streaming ReachMD that you can listen to day or night on your home or office computer. Thank you for listening.